Well, I can get you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20. We're going to spend uh, our entire time in this text today. Matthew chapter 20. I need you all in there in your Bibles or your little apps or whatever you have. Matthew chapter 20. And we are going to spend our time in this uh, passage today looking at this parable of the uh, workers in the vineyard. Now, when I decided um, for my summer schedule that every time I preached during the summer, I was going to preach on a parable. This was the first parable that popped into mind. And, and the reason I think it popped into mind that God put it into my mind is this is probably a parable, if I'm really honest with you, I can't stand. Now, I don't know if you're not supposed to say that about a Bible passage, but I find this parable difficult and frustrating, and I, I find it uh, hard to understand. And to be really, really honest with you, this parable really rubs me the wrong way. And you may be in the same boat as we, uh, as we get reading this thing. I think the best way for me to say it, in this parable, it brings out all of my human emotions. They all come to the foreground. These, these emotions that I maybe don't really like, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, where did all that come from? And this parable has a way of just kind of taking things that we maybe would really like to have happen to us, but when it happens to someone else, it's all of a sudden it's like, man, that's not exactly something I like. And so I, I'm sure you've all read this parable or if you've probably heard it before. And so I want to spend some time today looking at this parable because I believe that God has an amazing message for us in this passage. And here, here's the two sides. One of it's going to be something you really don't want to hear. I'm convinced of that. That there's a message in this passage, in this parable, that you, that you maybe don't really want to hear. But then the flip side of it is that there's a message and there's, there's some truth in this passage that we really want to hear. And I think soon as we get into it, you'll see the, the conflict that I'm talking about. So Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like. And, and right there already, Jesus sets this up for us to say, okay. So this is more than just a behavioral pattern that he's hoping that we'll go after. This is more than some life principle. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. Verse 1, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the, work, for the day and sent them into the vineyard. Now this would have been a very typical scene in the days of the Bible. Just as we have employment agencies today, back then what you did is if you didn't have a job, you would go into the marketplace and you would stand there from early morning until later on hoping that somebody would come by and hire you. And if you were looking for employment, you would go there for the same reason, hoping to find somebody that could do the work that you need them to do. And so when Jesus shares this parable, everybody would have immediately said, yeah, that's what happens in our day. Now these workers were unskilled at a trade. They were nearly at, near at the bottom of the social or the economic, social economic scale. These weren't well-educated people. They worked from job to job, so these people weren't expecting long-term employment. They were just simply looking for something that would maybe last one day or maybe a week or something like that. These people weren't expecting long-term employment. They had no guarantee 
if they were going to get work that day or not. But what they would do every day is they would go out there, stand at the marketplace, hoping that someone would come by and hire them. And so we read that this landowner goes out and he's looking for workers in his vineyard. And working in a vineyard was not easy work. During the harvest season, the temperatures would go well above or around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. And so it was difficult work. And these workers are promised a denarius. This was the wage for a Roman soldier. Well, this might not mean much to us today, but again, it meant a lot for those people in those days because the common worker, his pay was even less than that. And so for these people, they immediately see it almost as a bit of a a generous offer of payment. And although a a Roman soldier's job was not considered glamorous, it was still considered a little bit higher up on the social ladder than a common worker. And so when these people were promised a denarius for their work for the day, that would have been seen as generous. That is, about, that is equivalent to about $50 a day today. So this landowner, he hires these people and he makes this agreement with them. Here's what I will pay you for the day. But he must have had a lot of property because he keeps going back again and again to bring in more people and to get more workers. Verse 3. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. This is not implying laziness. This is simply people who have not been hired yet. Verse 4, he told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour, he went out Let me start over. Verse 6. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Their answer, because no one has hired us. They answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. Now that little phrase in verse 5, I will pay you whatever is right, shows that these workers trusted this landowner to give them a fair wage. The others had made an agreement, but these didn't have a particular agreement with the the landowner. There wasn't a set amount that they were going to get paid. They just trusted that this landowner was going to give them what was right, and that he was fair in what he was going to pay. He comes back to hire people the third hour, the sixth hour, and the eleventh hour. Now, in the Jewish day, uh, work day, it, it started at 6 a.m. That was considered the first hour. The third hour was 9 a.m. The sixth hour was noon. The ninth hour was 3 p.m., 3 in the afternoon. And the eleventh hour was 5 p.m. And the work day normally went from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. And it's at this point, at the eleventh hour, that the, when these people get hired, that this parable takes this weird turn and i'm sure that those who were listening in would have thought why would you hire someone at the 11th hour most of the work on the plantation is coming to a close and the people at the plantation they're checking their watches and going one more hour and we're out of here one more hour and this long difficult day is over one more hour and we get paid and we can go home and rest 
But the people that have been waiting for work, they're looking at their watches at the 11th hour, and they're saying, no hope for work today. I guess I have to go home again and tell my wife, sorry, I didn't get hired. I have to go tell my kids, sorry, daddy couldn't bring any money home today. I don't know what we're going to eat. And so we have these two very different angles. Some looking forward for the day of work to be over, and some giving up hope for even having any employment that day at all. And this is where the parable takes a shift. Because on this day, things are different. So it's very clear to us that this landowner is not only concerned about getting work done in the vineyard, he's also concerned about the unemployed. Because after all, to bring in someone from, you know, at, at, with one hour left to work, you're not going to get much accomplished. You're probably going to spend more time just doing on-job on training than actually having productivity from that employee. And so we see from this landowner that he's concerned not only about getting his work done, but he's also concerned about those who are unemployed. And so we see these two groups of people now on the plantation. The one group of people, those who have an agreement. We're going to get paid $50 to work all day. And the other group is those people who showed up later on, and all they have is hope and trust in a landowner who is going to pay them what is right. Verse 8. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. Now the typical mode of payment back then was first come, first serve. And not surprisingly, Jesus turns this upside down as well. Now last come will be first served. Verse 9. The workers who were hired about the 11th hour came, and each received a denarius. Can you imagine? You've worked one hour, and you get paid the wage that a Roman soldier would get paid for all day's work. Now, the natural response and the human response that we would have if we were next in line who had worked all day is the same that these people had. Verse 10. So when those who were hired first... Let me start that again. When those... Whew, when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each of them also were paid a denarius. Now, you've got to be honest now and say, that kind of rubs the wrong way. Okay, I'm the only unholy one here, I guess. <laughs> You're standing there going, if they worked one hour, and their hourly wage is 50 bucks, well, I've worked 12 hours. This guy is being generous. And my math is so bad, I can't figure out what that is. But that's 12 denarius. That, that I can do. And you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, I'm going to get paid a lot. And then you get your $50 bill. Verse 11. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. 
They say what we would say. These men who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, and, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. See, working in a vineyard was hard work. So we can sympathize with these workers. We can understand their complaint. Their joy turned to anger as they realized that they were getting paid the same amount as those people who were there only for an hour. Even though they received the exact pay that had been agreed upon, they're frustrated and they vent their frustration. Now what we kind of see in this text here is it looks like they may have found one guy to go and say, hey, go talk to the landowner because this isn't right. Because in verse 13 it says that he answered one of them. And so he's speaking now to one of these people, possibly a representative of all those people who are very unhappy. Now listen to what he says. Friend, I'm not being unfair to you. And I'm sure everybody said, well, well yeah, amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, true, true. Listen, to, he goes on. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Now, I can see what we would have all done, and maybe this guy did the same thing, and this is why the guy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But we would have all said, yeah, but I didn't know that the guy working only an hour was going to get paid that. If I would have known that, I would have never shown up at 6 a.m. I would have showed up at 5. Right? Now, this landowner, he's really messed for the next day. You see, the next day, nobody's going to be there at 6 a.m. Everybody's going to be there at 5 p.m. But the point of the story is, he's looking at these people and saying, hey, come on, isn't this what, I, isn't this what we agreed to? Listen to what he says next. Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Now, you employers, you use that line sometime on your workers, you know. If I want to give him a raise and you not a raise, you know, are you envious because I'm generous? And see how far that goes. I'll probably call the labor board on you or something. That may not fly. Here, the owner completely refutes the complaints of these workers. He says, I'm not being unfair. I'm giving you what we agreed to. Remember, at 6 a.m., they sat down. They had this little conversation. Here's what I will pay you if you work all day. And the weird thing is, at that moment, those people must have looked at it and said, you're going to actually pay us more than you should pay a common worker. You're going to pay us what you would pay a Roman soldier. And at that point in the morning, they would have been like, this is very generous. You're being generous. You're giving us more than we should be getting paid. And now suddenly, they think he's being unfair. And Jesus ends the parable, verse 16, this way. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Grace. Grace has an edge to it, doesn't it? We love grace when it's extended to us. We love grace when we're the ones doing the offending. But we don't like grace when we're the victim. 
We love grace when we're the ones doing the offending, but it's hard to swallow when we're the ones who were victimized. Most of us would cry foul if this happened to us. Yet those who arrived in the morning, this is what they agreed to. And now they were getting paid exactly what they had agreed to. And so although they were getting what they had agreed to, the sad part is that they now rob themselves of the joy of getting what they had agreed to get. And I think we missed that in this passage. That instead of these guys going home now and saying, Honey, honey, I got hired and I got paid 50 bucks, not your normal $30. I got hired and I got paid 50 the same that they would pay a Roman soldier. Here's the money. I'm so glad, man, I got hired today. That's what they would have done had this never happened the other way around. But now they rob themselves of the joy of receiving something that they didn't even deserve to receive in the first place. I think this is true for many of us today. Like the early workers in the vineyard, we we received something that we didn't deserve, but then we see someone else get what they didn't deserve, and we rob ourselves of the joy of having received what we received. Let me illustrate it this way. Imagine yourself, you know, at a workplace. And today is your 15th anniversary of being in that workplace. And and your boss calls you in on that 15th anniversary day. And he says, hey, I just noticed you've been with this company for 15, did I say days? Years, my bad. You've been with this company for 15 years. And so you're getting paid $18 an hour right now. And so you've been here 15 years and I'm going to give you a raise to $30 an hour. Now, some of you are like, man, that's less than I make. Man, that's not much of an illustration. But so you go work with it. Multiply what you're paid by about 100%, and you're good. But for some of you, that's like, yeah, I'll take that. Now, imagine your response to that boss. You'd be like, oh, thank you, thank you. And you would leave that office, and you're like, well, that's the best boss ever. Finally, he sees how valuable I am. I can't believe he would do this for me. And you're just thrilled, and you're just, man, you're like, this is awesome. I can't wait to go home. I'm going to buy, you know, a big steak, and we're going to have a big dinner. I can't wait to tell my family. I'm going to call all my friends, and we're going to have a big celebration. $18 to $30, this is huge. At the corner of your eye, you see this teenager walk in with this resume that looks like someone scribbled it. No offense, teenagers, but that's how they look sometimes. (laughs) He's kind of droopy, and he's coming in there, and you're like, hey, can I help you? Yeah, I'm hoping to get a job here, and I'm just wondering where the boss is. And you're like, oh, you'll love it here. This is the best boss ever. He's right in there. Hey, good luck, man. Good luck. And you go back to work, and all of a sudden you see this, this kid coming out of this office, and he's like, I got a job. I got a job. And you're like, see, I told you he's the best boss ever. You're going to love working here. And this kid, you and this kid are like, you know, chest pumping together. And you're having a great time. And if you're a female to female, you're like little side hugs, you know, woo, you know. But you're like, this job, this guy is the best boss ever. And you're high-fiving. And you're like, good for you, man, good for you. And then this kid looks at you and he says, and you won't believe it. He's starting me at $30 an hour. Tell me your response. I see we have more youth in this room than the other service because they're like, 
I have to think about that for a bit. Don't tell the first service. Do you see what would happen? You would call your wife, and you would call all your friends together, and you would complain, even though you still receive something you shouldn't have deserved. And you rob yourself of the joy of grace. And we got to land this thing. Because clearly there's a spiritual implication in this. This is not just an economics parable. So here's how I want us to wrestle with it today. Who do these people represent to you? Those who were hired first in the morning. Who do these people represent to us? Let me, let me explain. Who are these people who maybe feel entitled to God's grace? Let's say it even more challenging. Who are these people who maybe even feel a little bit entitled to Jesus? Could it be that it's those of us who've been Christians a long, long time? And maybe it's those of us who were Christians from young on and And as we grew older, we just matured more and more in our faith. But you can't really remember when you became a Christian. You've been a Christian your whole life. You've gone to church your whole life. You've served in the church your whole life. And you've never, because we categorize sins so much, don't we? You've never committed the big sins. You're one of these good people. You know, it'd be hard to find something wrong with you because... You have worked hard at serving God and being obedient your whole life. And I fear sometimes that there's a little bit of an entitlement. Because, come on God, I've sacrificed. There's things, opportunities at my job that I could have taken, but because I'm Christian and because I'm honest, I didn't do it. I could have been promoted sooner, I could have receive this, but I didn't do it because I'm a Christian and so I've sacrificed. And now this guy who did nothing but die beside you on a cross, Jesus, he's going to be in heaven with me? What about those people who are hired around lunchtime? Who do they represent to us? Maybe they're those of us who became Christians later on in life. You know, yeah, you made a lot of mistakes, and kind of like my story, 19 years old, and I gave my life to Christ. But I did it. I gave my life to Jesus. I had to make some big changes. I, had to, I lost some friends. I had to change habits. I had to adjust my life in such a way that the things that I used to do, I could no longer do. I had, had really bad habits that I had to wean myself off of, and it was difficult, But I've changed my life. Yeah, I wasn't there at 6 a.m., but man, I came on board later on. And it was difficult to kind of start in the middle of the day when the heat was the worst and you're not really used to the work. And and so you feel maybe a little entitled to grace. What about those who were hired last? Who do these people represent to us? Because after all, these are the people who would have lost all hope. They're looking at their watches and saying, I don't think I'm getting hired today. 
And if you're really honest, what kind of a contribution would they have made during the day? Very, very little. If anything, they may have actually been a nuisance. The foreman may have even looked at them and said, come on, you're bringing people in that i got to train with one hour left to work? They wouldn't have made a massive contribution. So who do these people represent to us today? Maybe they're those of us who are still living a shady lifestyle. Those who are involved in all kinds of stuff that's frowned upon. Or maybe they're those of us who, if you're really honest, you would say, I don't need God. I've got money. I have friends. I've got my health. Like one guy said to me, he says, look at my life. I, tell me where I need God. So maybe that's you today. You're going... Or those are, that's the kind of person that you're thinking of, this person who says, I don't need God, I have everything I need. Physically, maybe so, but not spiritually. See, the beauty and the difficulty of this parable of the kingdom of God is that in some ways we are all in the same boat. We all need the same grace. It's no different whether you're a person who gave, who started experiencing it long ago, or if you're a person who's just now started experiencing it. We all need to experience the grace of God in order to be saved. The only key difference is whether or not we will allow, when someone else receives that grace, whether we will allow it to rob us of the joy of having received it ourselves. And it's possible that that's happening. Three quick things I want you to know about grace. First, God's grace is received, not deserved. God's grace is received, not deserved. Second, God's grace is about mercy, not fairness. God's grace is about mercy, not fairness. And third, God's grace is for the last as well as the first. So what's your takeaway? What do you go home with today? Because we want to do more than just say, well, that's interesting. We want this to somehow now live out of us, this truth that we are all under the grace of God. And so here, Maria and I, we sat down and we worked for a long time. And I, you're going to be wowed by this because this is phenomenal. Here's your takeaway. You ready? Live as if you are the 11th hour employee. Not an amen in the house. Man. Yeah, too late. Too late. <laughs> Let me say this again. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. Live as if you are the 11th hour employee. Every single day, living as that person who would have got paid for a whole day's work by only doing one hour of work. That person who maybe lost all hope and saying, I'm not even going to get hired today. And then got hired and gets paid as if though he's out there all day long. Live your life as if though you receive the most amazing thing you could ever receive. The grace of God. How will you respond? I think some of you need to make this your profile 
identity. Some of you need to, you know, someone comes up to you and says, how are you doing? Oh, man, or who are you, or what are you all about? Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm that person who, you know, got paid 11 hours. Let me start that over. Can't even remember. I'm, gonna, I, I'm that person who, I'm that 11th hour employee. And they're going to look at you like, you weird. And like, yeah, I'm weird because I got something I should have never received. And, and so you just put that out there everywhere. Guess what? I am the 11th hour employee. And I'm going to live my life like that. I'm going to live celebrating what God has done in my life. How will you respond to grace? There's two ways you can respond. You can live as if you are the 11th hour employee. Or you can allow yourself to steal the joy of what you received. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for these parables that, Jesus, you used to teach us lessons. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you, God, for your extension of grace to each one of us, no matter where we are in our lives. So, Father, I pray for those of us who, who've maybe sacrificed much already. But, Lord, if we really take in context of all that there is to do, who are we to ever say, come on, we deserve more? I pray that the person who's maybe here today saying, I don't really need God, that they would see their need for you. Or the person that's here today saying, there's no hope for me. That they would see today that you hire people at the very last moment. Everybody, everybody can receive this grace. So God, I pray for us as believers here today. Lord, I pray that we would go out living our lives, expressing the joy of having received something that you did not need to give us, but you did. May we go from here today thankful, celebrating, being hired on that 11th hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.